Hello, Gail. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? You, you, you. Ah, we did it. I'm so excited. So for those of you who are listening, I have Gail Keese Allen on my podcast. Yes. The Conscious Coaching Podcast. And I could not be more excited for the conversation we're about to have because I feel like I've been following you for maybe a year, maybe a little longer. It's been a while. We both had some transformations happen. Oh, yes, totally. We've both been like cheering each other on from the sidelines. Like, yes, I see you. Yes, it's been so organic. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm super excited to have you on and to talk about who you are and what you do and for us to just jive it's gonna be so fun uh the first thing that we have to talk about is this water bottle that you have (laughs) it is so good i wish you all could see it because the first thing that happens when i get on the call with gail is i say i have to go grab some water and she just holds up her water bottle bling bling it's literally like probably i don't even know how many like 500 a thousand rhinestones it's and it's beautiful It's it's so well done Yes, it, it is. It's top of the line. Yes. It's gorgeous. What's the brand for the people? Tomo. Tomo. So all y'all look up Tomo. T-O-M-O. So. And it goes along. Wait a minute. It goes along with my husband. <gasps> oh. Y'all don't know. If you don't know, I'm the fairy godmother of life coaching. <laughs> we create magic up in here. Well, and that's the truth, because I've been watching you, I've been watching what you do, I've been watching how you're doing what you do, which I actually think is where all the magic and all your magic lies. I can't wait to hear what you see. I'm so interested in that. We'll talk about it. Um, But for those of you who maybe have not had the pleasure of being acquainted with your highness, the fairy godmother (laughs) of coaching... Just tell the people a little bit about what you do, who you are, how you roll in the world. I, it's changed. Like my life is literally transforming so quickly. I can barely keep up. I know the feeling. (laughs) A year ago, I quit my corporate job. I was an accountant. I worked for a law firm for 16 years to make it. Yeah, 16 years. And I, and I stayed there because it was safe because I had gotten a divorce after 20 years of marriage. And my daughter was a teenager when I went there. I have one daughter. She was a teenager when I went there and I, it paid well. And I went there for safety, basically, and stability and doubled my salary while I was there. So that's fabulous. But after 16 years, they told me you're highly compensated enough and we're not willing to pay you any more money. And so literally kind of like I, I'm sure all of your listeners can get this because I know if they follow you, they, they will get it. But I literally get transmission from my spirit, the higher universe, whatever you call it. I just call it the God in me, my spirit talks to me. And we have a great conversation pretty much on a daily basis. And I literally went back to my office and sat down and I heard this voice say, they do not get to dictate how much money you make. Oh, I like that voice. <laughs> that was so like literally, it was like so strong and so clear. And um, from that point on, I just started figuring it out. And it looked like I took this class called Made to Do This in January of 2020. 
And it was really to help you figure out like what you're here on earth to do, basically. And it occurred to me, I have been, I had, I'm certified by the Life Coach School and I have been following Brooks podcast and, and scholars for a while, but I kept telling myself I could not spend $18,000 on certification because my ass was too old. That's that's mm. literally, I thought I was too old. I was too close to retirement. For all of you, I'm 66 years young. Yeah, and you need to say that because nobody looking at your page or on any visual representation of you would have any idea right. because your spirit is so radiant and joyful and youthful. Thank you so much. And um, so I had all these, you know, limiting beliefs that a lot of people have. Um, but once I got in that that course, she did a hot seat with me and... She said to me, I can tell you've been through something. What what is it? Like, I just like spilled my guts. Like, I was just like, oh, I had a baby when I was uh, 26 weeks pregnant. I did. My daughter was two pounds, one ounce. Wow. I, I had a brain tumor. Oh my God, I had back surgery. I had a brain tumor. I had um, my thyroid removed all in a year, and I just go on this rant. My brother just died of terminal brain cancer, and I was just like on this whole spiritual thing because it felt like it was out of body. I even have pictures of me holding my head like, oh, oh my, my God. God. Like it was a literal transmission. And all of a sudden, it was like, it, everything that I have experienced in my life. I was homeless for a while as a kid, grew up very poor. My, my mom left my dad for another man. It's mm. very racy. Um, so a lot of crazy stuff has happened in my life. But at that moment, it was like something, someone was speaking to me saying, I took you through all of that to create your amazing future. It was like, it's hard to explain. It was like it all just came together and it all made sense why I had been through all of those things. Bankruptcy. My ex-husband, I could tell you some stories about that. <laughs> about him having another woman. I, I would love to tell that story when we get to it. Okay, we will. Um, I, I, I just put a little asterisk note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come back and to that. So my ex-husband having another woman and all the things. I've been through like the worst case scenario, multiple worst case scenarios and survived. And it all came together that day. And from there on, I decided to get certified and I just went all in and got certified um, September, 2020 and quit my job May of 2021. And so right, what I do now is I, my vibration is so high that I help other people start to raise up to my vibration mm -hmm. with the way that I show up in the world. And it's so freaking fabulous. So I help people figure out what they're made to do, like to get paid being them. I get paid for being exactly who I am and have made a lot of freaking money it, it, it trips me out, like how just happens when you show up as your most authentic self. So I help people make money based on who they are and their transformation 
then quit their job if that's what they wanna do. Otherwise, it's just making more money, making extra money and leaning into their relationship with money and how to manifest it more whenever you feel like it, just because you can. And that way you don't feel um, beholden to a job or a husband or parents or whatever the story is. People tell themselves why they have to stay in situations. Um, you know, the financial reasons people think they have to stay in situations. Yes. Can we talk about that for a minute? That was something that immediately came to my mind as I was listening to your story, is I was thinking about how you grew up. You know, you mentioned that you were homeless for a while as a, as a kid and that then you were in this job and you were like, this is safe, right? Yeah. Like, this is safe. I can stay here. You clearly worked your ass off because you doubled your salary over the 16 years that you, you know, stayed working as an accountant. I'm curious how your relationship with money has shifted, right? It feels like there's like before that moment when you had that, these are all the things that happened to me and right. You're kind yeah. of awakening moment yeah. and how that relationship to money was creating your life. And then now and what's been happening. Oh, it's, it's like night and day because the old me was raised to believe that you had to get married and have a husband and he was the head of the household and he would make sure you were taken care of. So even though I went to college and I, I worked, it was like once I got married, I played all into those religious beliefs that, and he made good money. And so I thought he was smarter than me. I just thought he was more capable than me. And I just kind of deferred everything to him. And back to, uh, uh, so we broke up because of infidelity. And I had already decided that I don't tolerate cheating. Other people can tolerate whatever they want, but Gail doesn't tolerate cheating. So I left him after having my brain, like, a, less than a year after having a brain tumor, I left my marriage. Wow. And what was, what's the, what's the recovery like when you're going through, I mean, we could probably talk about that whole thing for an hour, but I mean, right. a, a year after that sounds like. Yeah. I had seizures. Um, <sighs> yeah. I had seizures and I couldn't work. So I wasn't even employed when I decided I was not going to tolerate cheating and I didn't even have a job, which is so wow. great. Wow but I had belief in myself and having been poor growing up and homeless a little while gave me the confidence to know that I can get through any damn thing. <laughs> so, seriously, I, you can survive almost anything. And so I um, decided to leave my marriage and that's when I said, girl, you gotta get it together. You gotta figure this money thing out. And, and we had filed for bankruptcy because he had a large business and the business went under. And if we didn't file, they were gonna take our big, beautiful home as my friends would say. I had all the trappings. So imagine coming yeah. from a mom who left your dad, we're on welfare, she's working, well, food stamps, all the things, she's working cleaning people's houses to I had like a almost 4,000 square foot home and a Jaguar and a Lexus and traveling and all the things. 
Wow. Dream life for most people. You know what I mean? That's like beyond what a lot of people who came up in the way that you came up would ever even envision for themselves Mm -hmm. have to have. And I've walked away from it because I'm not going to just let somebody walk all over me. Like I Mm. just, I just have boundaries. So when I decided to leave my marriage, I just, I had no money, like no money. And my father lent me enough money to pay for like one month's rent and security. And I just said, when we sell our house, cause I'm, I made a lot of money off of the house. And I just said, when we sell the house, I'll pay you back. And that's what I did. I found a job. I found a job and left like quickly. And then I, I find this job and then I get fired for the first time ever in my freaking life. I got fired from the first job when I was single. Wait, what job was it? So it wasn't it wasn't it, the accountant no, job. What, no, I had gone with this. Um, they they did mortgages and stuff. It, it was a small company that was just beginning. And basically, I was shining too brightly. Mm. That's really what it boils down to, because um, they they pretty I had a car accident. And when I came back, I had to have physical therapy. I, I told you my life is like cuckoo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I when I came back, I had to have physical therapy. So I went employee of the month. They give me this bonus, employee of the month. Literally, like a week later, they call me in, and the manager's like, "I am so sorry. I'm gonna have to let you go because you missed some deadlines." And I'm like, uh, like. And I was out sick. Like, what deadlines did I miss? Well, I can't discuss it with you, but we're going to have to let you go. And I really think they, I was intimidating to someone that was higher up. It's kind of a long story, but I was intimidating to someone and they didn't really want me around. So it's so funny. People think a lot of times that when you're fired, that it's because you're not doing a good job. Uh, No. I was employee of the month doing an excellent job. I had set up everything in that place because it was new. And they hired me as an office manager and accountant. I set up the payroll, I helped hire, like all the things. But once everything was in place, they didn't really want to pay me all that money anymore. Mm. So really, so all of this is leading to me changing my relationship with money because then I got a 15 year old daughter, no job, no husband and I have to figure out the money thing. And, um, but I learned my worth during that because after that I was applying for jobs and they were like offering me these salaries to me that were an insult. And I kept turning them down. I was like, I'm not taking anything until it's an amount that I'm worthy of. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's, it's worth my, it represents my worth. Um, yeah, and, it honors you. Yes. And I stayed unemployed for like, I don't know, maybe five or six months, something like that. And I was like, okay, it's summertime. My daughter's a teenager. I had some money from when I sold the house. And I was like, I'm not taking any job unless it honors me. And that's when I got the job at the law firm. Okay. Let's stay here for just a second. Because you just said something that I think is going to blow a lot of people's minds, which is you're in this situation, right? You've come out of all of this stuff, right? You're like a year or maybe just a little bit more out of your um, surgery, your brain surgery. Yeah. You've just left the main, you know, the, the 
financial relationship that you were in, you're no longer in that relationship. So, you know, you've got, you know, you've got a certain amount from the house, but you also have a daughter. You also have a, a future, right? We're thinking retirement and all of these things looking forward and there's no money coming in and you're saying no to money. And so let's talk about saying no to money because that I think, especially for those of you who are listening, who are building your coaching businesses or trying to get to a goal or have some vision for where you want to be, it's very easy and it's very tempting to just say yes to all money. Mm-hmm. And I heard, I heard Chris Jenner say recently in her masterclass, she goes, not, I'll always be willing to walk away from the deal because not all money is good money. Yes, it's so true. Um, so and, let's talk about that. And I was around 50 years old. So it wasn't yeah. even like I was young. Yeah, I was yeah, around 40, some 49 so or so. Um I just knew I couldn't dishonor myself that way. It just mm. felt like an insult. That's the only way I can describe it. And again, because I've been poor, like I really believe that growing up poverty um, has been a blessing to me. I, uh, tell I, me I more. It's been a blessing because the things that people are afraid of, I'm not afraid of. Like people are afraid of losing everything. I lost everything. Like my, my like I said, we we lived in a motel. I grew up in New Jersey on the shore. Okay. We lived in a motel on the beach for months, four kids, one adult woman in one motel room because wow. we couldn't afford to pay rent anywhere and we got kicked out of where we were living. Yes. And I used to go after school, my mother's sister had eight kids and a little house. We used to go there after school because my mother worked two jobs. So it would be her eight, and us four in this little house, and literally, I had to learn how to do homework sitting on the floor, crunched up with a bunch of kids. And even when we moved from the motel, we moved into a one-bedroom apartment with my two brothers and my sister and me. And my, me and my sister slept in the dining room in a bed together. And my I can't even believe that was my life. It's so crazy. And my mom... And my brothers slept in the one bedroom and they they were two twin beds and my two brothers slept together. And they were probably 12 and 13. They're a year apart. Well, my one brother died now, but they were like, they're a year apart. And that was until I was a senior in high school. So it's like, it's in my recent memory. You know what I mean? It's not like I was yeah. a little kid and didn't remember. Um, it made me tough, even though I was very quiet and shy and reserved, but I had this inner strength that I developed because of it. And so why would I not honor that? Like, I honor my mother for, t- like she left like a comfortable marriage to follow her desires, even though it didn't make sense to me at the time as a kid. But now I look back and I'm like, she was with this man before she married my father. That's that's so many wild, interesting stories in my life. Like you got to write a book. We we need yes, a book. Yes, I know. And she was with this man before she met my father. And 
he ended, they ended up breaking up. She married my father on the rebound. And then they started having an affair. I find, mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't find this out till I was a little older, but yeah. she left the relationship and she took a whole lot of risks too. And yeah. the thing, the thing that's amazing to me is that she was probably 50 something, late forties around that time. They stayed together until she died at 86. Wow. Yes. And he died a few years later and I kept in touch with him. He was like, and my father was in my life, but he was like a second father to me. So it, I don't know. It just all has come together. It, I don't if that makes sense. Yeah. It, well, yeah. A lot of full circle moments in your story, right? Yeah. But what I'm hearing is around your relationship with money is that there was a moment, right, when you were offered a choice mm -hmm. where in your relationship, right, that you left, yeah. where you could choose yourself or you could choose money, totally. right? You could choose yourself or you could choose comfort. You could totally. choose your integrity or you could choose the unknown. And you chose yourself. Yeah. And I think... I really, truly believe this, and I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say about it too, that when we choose integrity over money, money has a way of just like pouring in. Yes. It's oh the wildest thing. It is. Yes. And so you, you know, what I hear in the story of your mother and also in your story twice, right? And then you got the opportunity, right? Because life was really like, we're going to... We're going to, you know, you're going to leave this relationship. Okay, that's one choice. But then we're going to give you this. We're going to lowball you. And we're going to lowball you. And we're going to lowball you. And you just held firm in the vibration of no, like, this is not fair compensation for what I bring. This is not honoring to me and my gifts. This is not, right? When so many other people, right? Especially when you look around. This is what I'm fascinated by about you. Is I think most people at the age of 50 would look around and say, what am I going to do? They'd be freaked out. They'd be looking at everybody else around them's life and how everybody's comfortable and they're settled and they're whatever. And they'd just be like the first thing that came along. They'd be like, okay, I'll say yes. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because there's so much comparison about where you should be and where, you know, how life should be. And so many people get actually stuck in that energetic quicksand. I see it all the time with coaches. They're like, oh, I've been a coach for six months. I should have made a hundred K by now. And you're like, okay, calm down, sweetie. Like, <laughs> Let's get it together. Yes, totally. You know, so that is some people's journey. It wasn't mine, right? I was a coach for like three years and made like, I don't know, maybe $5,000 those entire three years or some years I made like $400, like nothing. So, but I got, I got caught in that little quagmire and I just stayed flailing there. If I shouldn't be here, I shouldn't be here, I shouldn't be here. And I'm so curious about, you know, in your mindset from that time, what allowed you to just be in that space of self-honoring. I mean, one of the things that you said, sorry, I'm going to let you ask the question, but one of the things you said that I cling to so deeply is just this, this lack of fear, right? Yeah. And it's so almost counterintuitive, people would think, of like when you don't fear losing ev everything, you actually set yourself up in the energetics to be able to gain everything. Totally. totally. But I, I want to hear it from your perspective. I, I say that it's in my DNA. That's the only way I can explain it. Like, 
I saw it with my mother, take care of four kids, didn't graduate from high school. Like she was, I use the word hustler. I don't mean anything illegal. She was totally not doing yeah. anything illegal. She was cleaning white people. I'm black for those of you that don't know, <laughs> but she was cleaning <laughs> rich white people's homes and watching their kids. And so she had a lot to lose too, but she left and I didn't get it at the time, but I saw her strength and I think it became my strength. And the interesting thing is that's what happens with my clients too. Like they, I believe in them. And so their belief in themselves becomes elevated because like one of my clients told me today, I know this is a little off, but one of my clients told me today that she never had a, a woman to look up to that could kind of be there for her and show her the way. And, and she, I, I, it just blows my mind because I believe in my clients. I love my clients. I honor my clients wherever they are in their journey and they feel it. And so there, and I had a new client tell me this last week. She said, just because you believe in me, I, I feel like I can believe in myself. That's, oh. that's some amazing shit. That, yes, it is. That's just, I don't even remember what you asked me. No, it's okay so because <laughs> we get to go wherever we want. This is my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we go wherever the energy leads us. But there's something really interesting. And it's so interesting hearing about kind of how your business was founded and what led up to it. Because I now see so many of those same values and principles in the way that you do your business, right? Yeah. Because, <clears throat> you know, that same consciousness that might have us clinging to money or feeling like we have to take the first job offer or taking the first client that comes in. It's the same one that asks us to make these small compromises in who we are <gasps> or what we say or how we show up online or who we don't piss off or what eggshells we're going to choose to walk on today. And whenever I'm in your space, whether it be online or, you know, on Facebook or in your stories or whatever it is, it's like, the energy is so clear. There's none of that happening. Right. It's just completely unfiltered. It's just you. Yeah. Right. I'm so glad that you feel that you can feel that energy. Yeah. yeah. Totally. It's one of the things that I, I love and I love about being in your space. And it's like you and I, you know, I feel so akin to you. Although on the outside, people look at us and we probably couldn't look more different. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, um, I think it's because we share these core values mm -hmm. and we live our lives through the lens of that truth that is ringing within us. And you can see it when you're in that vibration, you see it in other people and you're drawn to it. And I think that level of embodiment, right? You don't just teach people strategy, which I'm sure you do, or right. you don't just, right? right? You like show a whole way of being and carrying yourself and developing a new relationship with life and to yourself. Ooh. And so it's about the money, right? Because right. it's a, you know, money's important, right. but, but it's, it's also, I, it's also about everything. Yes, totally. And this, this is what I teach my clients that you have to have your own internal healing. I don't mm -hmm. care what you teach, what kind of business you have. If, 
if you haven't done your own healing, then you're going to bring that into the business and it's going to show up in some way. So I always say you are your business and your business is you. You, you, you can't help it. Who you are at the core shows up in every aspect of your business, including the money. So I work with my clients on healing the thing that they don't want other people to know. Because as soon as you let go of that thing, or there might be multiple things, but um, as soon, and that doesn't mean you have to tell all of your business, but you have to have um, a transformation yourself. I truly believe that without that transformation, you cannot show up authentically. And that's when you get so caught up in what other people think and doing the right thing and all these things, instead of just showing up as you and saying what the hell you want to say, and you don't give a damn what people think. Like, yeah, you're you too busy having too much fun. Yeah, exactly. I, literally, there is nothing that anybody could say to me or about me I would care about because what's important is what I think about myself, not what they think about me. So I tell my clients, you got to fall madly in love with yourself. You have to stop talking shit to yourself. Like you, because you know we do that in our heads. Like you got to stop talking trash and scaring yourself to death. It's so true. And the thing that resonates, so I learned this lesson that you are talking about. I've learned it, had to learn it and relearn it so deeply again in my business. Mm -hmm. But the first time I really had that lesson, like really in my face, first it was, is when I came out, um, when I came out of the closet. Mm -hmm. And then the second time though, that was so much deeper for me was when I was diagnosed with HIV. And I didn't realize how many internal, how much internalized stigma I had around mm -hmm. HIV because I had had friends who were HIV positive. I'd known people. I'd had lovers who were HIV positive, you know, and for those of you who aren't super, um, you know, up to date on all the medical stuff, right, mm -hmm. which I get we all, we all aren't. We're at a place now where there are is incredible medicines. You get to live a long, healthy life and die of some other crazy cause. You can... Um, you also can achieve something called being undetectable or undetectable status, which means that if you're on your medicines and you're taking them regularly, the virus gets neutralized in your blood system and you're no longer contagious as well. So you can live a healthy, fruitful life. You can have partners. You can um, really mm -hmm. live, the, live a very, very, very similar life to uh, what my life was like before I was HIV positive. Mm -hmm. So in terms of my health outcomes or what that means, right? Being diagnosed as HIV positive for me, it doesn't change a whole lot, right? It's just a couple of extra doctor's visits. And I also realize that I'm super lucky and privileged yeah. that in the system that we're in, I have access to healthcare, right? Mm -hmm. Cause I've traveled a lot and spent a lot of time around the world in different communities like Brazil, where, there aren't the same opportunities for treatment or the treatments aren't as advanced and they come with more side effects. So I just want to put that in there as well. But I want to tell you something though. Yeah. This is another full circle moment. Okay, tell when me. When I graduated from college and I live in Maryland outside of DC, mm -hmm. my first job was with a hematologist oncologist in the 80s and he was very well known with AIDS patients. And I saw... So that was like my first, second job out of college. 
I was the office manager. And so I was there early on when there was so much of a stigma and lost people to it. So it's so, I, I couldn't imagine then that the medications and the lifestyle could, like you could hold, totally have a normal life, whatever you call normal, but yeah. a healthy life. Um, and I remember, I, and I don't know why this stands out in my mind, but a lot of people were being di diagnosed. I know a lot of medical stuff too. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> um, but um, people were diagnosed with something called Kaposi sarcoma. Do you, do you know what that is? Yes, it's a it's a very rare kind of skin cancer that kind of yes, only they, pops up in. And they have like dark spots. All So a lot yeah. of people were coming with showing up with that. Um, so I learned about HIV and AIDS a long time ago. So that's wow. so interesting. I mean, you were, yeah, you were there through as it was, people were uh, learning oh, about it in the moment, right? Before anybody even knew what it was. Yes. Whoa, yes. that is wild. It is. Yeah. And so during that time, right, because it was so connected with uh, gay men in particular, and just because of the place intersectionality of America at that point and the politics and conservatism and just even the place of gay people in society at that point, it was so, 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 so heavily stigmatized. And, you know, as things happen, right, like medications get better, we make more advances in gay rights and, you know, the social standing or the social uh, environment for LGBTQ people uh, starts to improve and you know it gets to a certain point where it just kind of drops off the map and then people stop following it because it's not so in your face on the news every night and so for a lot of people's mindset it's like well I kind of remember all those things I saw in like the you know late 80s up to the 90s and then you know around the 2000s is when we start to get some of those really great medications coming out and but then you just stop hearing about it because it's not a problem anymore right right and so a lot of the social stigma, a lot of the, uh, you know, it's like most transmission of HIV happens in committed relationships. Mm, that's one thing I that I think, that. uh, that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize. Um, and so there's just a lot of whatever. And, and I discovered them because the, these sort of like, subconscious stigmas that I have because like I said I had friends I was like oh I don't care it's like not a big deal whatever I love people right I've always been very loving but then when it was me the thought that came up I had two main thoughts mm -hmm. one was I'm irresponsible mm -hmm. even though I had they call it seroconverting so when your um when your HIV status changes it's called seroconversion okay. so I had seroconverted in an exclusive relationship. It was just the only person I'd been with for three years, right? Mm -hmm. So, and we had always used condoms too. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like when I, Sarah, converted, it was the biggest shock of my life. And I was actually, I was riding my motorcycle one day and I felt like an angel tapped me on the shoulder. This mm -hmm. is after I'd broken up with this person, right? And I felt an angel tap me on the shoulder and it was like, take a different way to the gym today. Yeah. It's like, it, it would be so beautiful. Like, you know, you just like see the light down the street. I'm like, let me go down that street. That street looks beautiful, right? So I'm in Brooklyn. I'm on my little Vespa feeling cute, going to the gym, right? Going to go do some squats, get my booty juicy, right? <laughs> and I turn around the corner and immediately, biggest sign you can imagine, like a banner. It's ridiculous. But it's like free HIV rapid testing. 
And I'm like, oh, you know what? I haven't been tested in like three years and like I know I'm fine, but I always lecture my friends and, you know, and, and I'm always talking to them about, you know, hey, have you gotten tested or whatever? And it's like I should go get tested so that if they try to, you know, give me shit and they're like, oh, you're always telling us to go get tested. But when was the last time you were tested? Right. And you know, I can be like last week. Right. So anyways, I'll tell the whole story another time. But I go in and I found out I'm HIV positive and the weight that hits me and that crushes me is this thought or this belief i'm irresponsible mm. and this fear starts vibrating in my chest of like what if people start thinking i'm a slut mm, right no. like for some reason that was just like i was just terrified terrified i mean and i'm sure it's because of how i grew up and you know super religious parents are missionaries all this stuff but it's like <gasps> like now people will know i've had sex in my life right like what a slut but i was just terrified that people would judge my character right and how i live my life and i had to go through this process and it took me about six months to really get there of doing a lot of deep emotional work where i came to the conclusion that you know other people's thoughts about me, incorrect thoughts about me, don't define me. But you know what? Even if you were a slut, whatever that is, so what? Exactly. Right? Be, be a great slut. Like my Exactly. Be the best slut that ever did yeah. slut. Whether they're right or wrong or in between, you know, that that's the work. Right. And that I could not control what other people thought about me. But I did have the power to not let what other people think about me control me. Right. And it's like I just remember that sentence coming into my head and it clicked and it locked in. And I was like, it does not like I know the truth of who I am and I know my character. Like I know me. I know who I am. But the other thing that I want to bring out is what if you did something uncharacteristic of you that – is viewed as negative that's that's the other side of it right right because when we know it's not true and we're holding ourselves up you know our our steam up for ourselves, it's one thing but when what if it is true like yeah. like what if what if you are a hoe or a slut like people you know people yeah, people have reclaimed that term now. You know, right. people are yeah. people are sexually liberated and no for sure. Yeah. And I think it comes to the place of So if you did something and you feel like it was out of alignment with you and your morals and your values and how you live your life, right? Yeah. Then it comes to a place of you have to find that compassion and that understanding within yourself. And you have to offer yourself the love that you're afraid that other people might not. That's the whole thing. You that. have to step forward and cultivate an understanding, a compassionate understanding for yourself that other people might not take the time or have the patience to cultivate for you. And this is what the Dalai Lama talks about. He says, you know, compassion is born of suffering. Because if you've been through what somebody's been through, then you really understand and you can get it on a deeper level of like, oh, no, I know what that's like, right? Yeah. Um, my mother used to always say, there before the grace of God go I. Like, mm. I think that all the time. And when she used to say it, it was just like something she said, right? 
And now I think I have so much compassion for so many people because I, I don't blame people for their circumstance. You know, a lot of times people are like, oh, if they worked harder, they'd make more money. Or if they tried harder, you know, they wouldn't be homeless or if they whatever, you know, all kinds of judgment. But it's like, no, because you don't know what those people have been through. And would you have with, withstood the same kind of circumstances? So I always think they're no better. I'm no better than them. They're no different than me. It, mm. Those things can happen to all of us. And so I have a lot of compassion because I've seen my world fall apart like several times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole different vantage point. And I think it's, we get to hold each other. I think the grace that we get to hold other people in does have to begin with ourselves. And so for me, you know, let's say I had done something totally out of line or just, you know, I'll even use a different example. Let's say it had been like stealing or something, right? Something that kind of everybody can be like, oh, that's probably not the best, right? right? It allows you to see because those actions we take, we take because we're having certain thoughts. We take because we're afraid. We take because we don't know another way. We take because it's what we've seen other people around us do. What's not, I don't believe personally in this idea of good people and evil people. Right. I just think that we're all people operating on whatever programming we've been fed, totally. doing our best with what we've got. And that there's so much, like my deepest belief is in the sort of infinite human potential that we all carry and that lies within each of us. And, you know, I've been ranting on this in my stories lately, but it just, the thing that gets me lately is how much our society has not been set up to honor the potential of each human being that is born in our society to honor their infinite potential and their infinite contribution and their infinite you know possibility for each person there's so many people that our society just throws away because they make a mistake or because we've got some busted ass laws that are outdated and ridiculous and fear-based and racist and you know, the whole thing right we could i'm not even going to get onto it but it just comes back to that remembering and when you cultivate that and you're able to hold it for other people, it's there for you. And that is where I ended up coming back to on my journey, right? Of being diagnosed with HIV is I was able to come back to this place where I was able to cultivate and first like block out any of the, cause really a lot of the times the thoughts that we are afraid other people will have about us are just the thoughts that we have, yeah. right? Somewhere our deepest fears. Right, totally. And so it was like blocking that out and then getting clear on who I am and what I'm about and then holding myself in grace, right? Yeah. Holding myself in grace. Totally. Yeah. And I, I, I've had a lot of practice with that, you know? Because even growing up black, I was born in 1956. Like I, I, people followed me when I was a kid while I walked down the street calling me the N word. Like so many things, I worked in an office like one summer when I was in college where they, it was like all white men and me, the little student intern. And they start telling these jokes about, I don't like no N words 
or something. I still remember that. And I got up and went in the bathroom and cried like my eyes out. And I think about all of those things and the fact that I'm okay today. Like I've had to not believe what other people say about me. Even back then when you're, when you came from a divorced home, oh, that was like this horrible thing. Like I remember people saying, oh, those kids will, will never amount to anything because they came from a broken home. Because back then that's what people believed. So I was hearing all these messages about how I wasn't going to be anything. If I, what if I believed it? Like my life would be totally different if I believed it. So there was always a part of me that knew they were wrong. Like literally, I remember being little in church. And when I was little in church, we had like these little, I could picture myself like sitting on the pew, like feet don't touch the floor, with my little purse and my coins in the purse to put in, you know, into the offering. And thinking that I'm special, like there was no evidence of that. But for some reason, I, I can't even explain. I, I used to say that God is my father. And I always grew up thinking that I, I literally used to have conversations with God before the book conversations with God. Like I literally thought God was my friend and looked out for me. I don't, and so that's why I got to the point where I didn't like church. Like to me, I said I had a love-hate relationship with church because the God I was learning about wasn't the God I was having my relationship with. And it was confusing because God was my friend, but then in church, they're telling me God's going to strike you down if yeah. all of you things, right? So if I believed all those things, I would not be the person that I am today. So a lot of who I am has been me leaning into my beliefs about myself. Mm. And the older I get, the less I give a damn. But it's not just my age, because I know people my age that still care a lot. It's yeah. more that I've been through hell and back. And it's like, they're not, what difference does it make? Like, it doesn't change my life in any way what other people think. So I, I don't know. I just show up as me, do my damn thing. And I don't know. It's, it's kind of wild. <laughs> make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I said yeah. I make a lot of freaking money now. I even changed my like description of who I am and what I do. And I wrote, I'm a multi six figure coach. What the hell? What the like, hell? It's so what? good. That is just like logic. You couldn't use logic to get here. No, no. And here's one thing. Can I tell you this? This came into my head yesterday and I was like, oh, this is so good. And now I'm, I'm so grateful that I have a, a a chance to say it because sometimes we have to stop following the things that make sense, right? So it didn't make sense for you to leave that relationship right. that you were in, right? But I truly believe that if when you choose comfort or when you choose money over your own integrity, over your own soul, right, your being begins to rot. Your soul yeah. begins to erode and what you end up having to give for that little bit of comfort or that little bit of knowing that, you know, you're going to have the coffee you like in the morning and that you're going to drive the car you want to drive and that, you know, all of those things, right. what you end up giving up is so much bigger. And there've been so many times when I've 
had to make those choices. And it's, it's interesting for me and it's different because I think growing up, I grew up in very different circumstances than you, right? Like my grandfather grew up in the Great Depression, so poor, like dirt floors, nine kids, left home when he was 15, just like they had nothing, right? And he had, up until the day he died, he had so much scarcity trauma Mm. that he we called him a money hoarder Mm. because he spent his whole life that's all he thought about all day long but not from this like empowered expansive fun place it was like i never have enough i never have enough and like you know he would even to the point right before he died he would only tip a dollar no matter what it was or how much he was supposed to like he just couldn't let the money go and in the end it got him because he ended up amassing all of this wealth and he couldn't psychologically be with the thought of it going to someone else or not having it. So he wasn't able to emotionally deal with the emotions that came up around estate planning. Mm. And it was so tragic because he'd spent his whole life building all this wealth that he'd never spent. Right. Mm-hmm. He's driving an old car from the 80, like a Mercedes from the eighties, right? Like all this stuff never got to enjoy his money and he couldn't even pass as much of it as possible onto his own children. Cause he was so in scarcity around it. He couldn't right. He couldn't psychologically be with that. So I say this to say that by the time I was on the scene, right, my parents and my dad was kind of growing up with that mindset too of like do the safe thing, make money, right. stay comfortable, you know, like invest, like be very judicious with what you spend. A penny saved is a penny earned. Like that's what he always said to me growing up. And so – by the time I came around, there was a lot of financial stability in my family's mm. uh, kind of ecosystem, right? Mm. Everybody had kind of found their thing. Everybody was situated. And so for me, I've also, I think, had the privilege of maybe making decisions, somehow feeling subconsciously that maybe there's some kind of a safety net of like, mm. oh yeah, right? Like yeah. worse comes to worse, I'll like, you know, live in my parents' basement and I'll have to listen to them blaring Fox News every day. Like, is that <laughs> awful? Yes. Do I want that? No. Right. But it's never right. like abject, right? Really hardcore. But I think because of that, I haven't even realized how many decisions I've made in my life that were to honor myself and not about the money. Like when I moved to New York, right? I had like 2000 bucks and mm. I was making like $1,600 a month working this part-time job as an artist, a makeup artist. Okay. And, you know, I had like a apartment with no air conditioning in the summer, which if you've ever been to New York in the summer, it's, it's an oven. Times. <laughs> yeah. It's a literal concrete oven. So it's like, you're on the fifth floor, all the heat's rising, you know, sweating my life out. Right. Just like dying. But, there was something about pursuing my dream mm-hmm. and pers- and like going for it that was more important to me than, oh, I want to live in, you know, the nice part of Brooklyn or I want to, you know, live in this place that's going to be really cool. It was always like I just hear so much of what you're saying in that story of like <sighs> I've never been motivated by comfort and I've never been motivated by just sort of like anything other than what feels like my soul and my integrity. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I was born this way, honestly. Now that's not to say I don't struggle. I still struggle. I struggled a lot, you know? Um, 
But I, the, the, the difference I think between me and a lot of people is I don't stay stuck in it. Mm. That's the biggest difference, I think. I struggle, I have challenges, my I got mind drama, all the things, but um, I don't stay in it. I'm just like, okay, what's the solution? Who, who can help me heal? So it's not even like I just shut down and don't acknowledge it. No, I'm looking for, okay, do I need an acupuncturist? Do I need a therapist? Do I need another doctor? Do I, what do I need? And I go all in with that and walk through my healing. So I'm not showing up here saying I never cared. I, I suffer from depression. I was I was depressed for so many years and had I, I kind of knew, but I kind of didn't want to admit it. Mm. So like back when I was in my 20s, I went to this therapist and because I used to be so afraid of dying. Like it was paralyzing, like panic attacks, the whole thing. Wow. I couldn't even discuss death. Like, that's how bad it was. And I went to this therapist um, and she's like, you're very depressed and you really need to come in and let's try some medication. I was so embarrassed. I, at the time I was in my 20s, I had a roommate. I didn't even want mail to come to my house because this was in the 80s. I was going to say, it's the, the stigma around mental health. Yeah back yeah. then was very different too. Totally. So I was embarrassed that someone would find out. So I didn't go back. So I started doing all these holistic things like extreme dieting, like vegan and raw vegan and all this exercising and all the things to try to solve the depression. And it kept me, you know, from like deep diving into it, but just like suffering, like right at the surface. Um, and it wasn't until three years ago, maybe my prime, maybe, right, maybe a year before the pandemic, my primary care doctor noticed it, but my brother had died and my mother had died. My father died, like all these things, my sister almost died. All these things happened. Of course I was depressed. Like, why wouldn't I be? I was still trying to function and not deal with all the things. Um, and she noticed and she was like, do you mind if I like do a brief evaluation? And she's asked me questions, whatever. And she goes, do you know you're depressed? And I was like, yeah, I did kind of, I, I kind of knew, you know? And she's like, how do you feel about medication? My old self kept saying no. And I was like, finally, I just was like, yes. And my, my daughter has some issues where she's on, medication was already on medication for anxiety and depression. And I was like, you better take your medication. You better take your medication. And here I am saying no to it. And um, it was one of the best things I could have ever done. Mm -hmm. And then I start openly talking about it. And then my cousins are like messaging me talking about, don't you know depression like runs in our family? I'm on medication, I'm this one, this one. But how could you not be depressed with all the things that I was exposed to with a lot of family members, a lot of people of color are exposed to every day. Um, and, and when I was in certification, this is the, George Floyd was murdered when I was in certification. Wow. And so I'm in this container with people that are totally different than me. We don't really have much in common. And yeah. I'm having to like maneuver around 
coaching and conversations around race and all these things with these people that we have a totally different background. And then it was bringing up like stuff from childhood. And I ended up going in therapy, went back into therapy because I had long been out of therapy, but I ended up going back into therapy during that time because I was like imposter syndrome and all these things I don't fit in. I don't like, I never said it to them, but I felt it in my soul. Like I, I was just wild. So I went into therapy while I was getting certified. So when, wherever I have a struggle, I do not hesitate to get help. I do <sighs> not hesitate. That I think is a power because so, so for anybody listening, I, I say this all the time, like coaching and therapy, having a coach and a therapist at the same time is like my dream team. I my dream team too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. We're on the same wavelength. It's yeah. amazing. You need a place for me. I need a place to go and like have my thoughts challenged and have somebody, you know, hold that high bar for me and see what's possible for me and pull me into that. And then I just need a space like once a week for an hour where I can just be a complete victim about everything in my life and feel all of my feelings and like have somebody who's just going to love me and be tender with me and just hold me and wrap me in that compassion. And I think having both of those things, and it sounds like my guess is it's the same for you and your containers and the way you hold them. I feel like I try and hold both of those energies mm -hmm. in my containers and as I'm working with people because it's there's just some moments that are so raw that it's like you need someone to hold your heart. You don't need coaching in your mind. You just right. need connection. And there's so much of that with my coaching because it's not just the model. I don't even hardly use the model anymore, really, which is so interesting. It, it just kind of... I believe in it, you know, yeah, I, totally. You know, but I guess most of your people know the self-coaching model, Brooke Castillo, Life Coach School. But I just dig so deep that it's way deeper than the model for me. And so some of it is intuition. Some of it is energetics. Like I get downloads and and I'm honest, like I I talk to people about what comes up and 90, really almost 100% of the time, it's been, I've been on point, but also we connect even deeper. So it's like, um, the more honest I am with my clients, the deeper they believe in themselves and the connection between us is, and it's mutual love. And it, it's so trippy in so many ways, because literally I've been on I've been on calls where we both get emotional because the connection has been so deep. That I can feel it in my soul. And it's I have soul connections with people. That's yeah. that's the only way I can explain it. I have soul connection with people. Um, and and with, back to what you're saying about the dream team. I've started expanding on what my dream team looks like. So the guy that cuts my hair is part of my dream team. Oh my <laughs> gosh, this is wild. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just had this huge thing with my barber uh -huh. where I was like going to this guy who did amazing haircuts, but had just the most 
piss poor attitude about everything. I was always complaining, always making it all about him. I just like literally felt drained. My hair looked amazing oh. every time I left, but I felt drained. And I was like, I live in Asheville. I was used to living in Brooklyn where it's like, I mean, just amazing barbers. Like I had this Dominican barber who was just like so good. And you just can't find anything like that here in Asheville. It's just a bunch of, uh, you know, people who went to great cuts to learn how to cut hair. So it's really hard. But I finally had this moment where you're, that we've been talking about where I was like, I am not honoring my soul with this relationship and going and being in his energy. And I was like, I will, I am willing to give up and get as many bad haircuts as it takes for me to find the person who, whose energy fills me up and who gives me a haircut that I absolutely love. And I recently found them and I've just been. It's nothing like it. My, my I, cause I go to a barber when I say he is such an highly elevated man, like we have deep, conversation every time I sit in the chair and I was doing Brooke's reinvention course she did oh, this um, yeah 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 how was well, it I almost I was this close to signing up oh my god it was did so you love it yes oh so what, what did you what what did did you have to choose something to reinvent or like yes you had to choose so mine is yeah, my goal me. is 10 million in 10 years with twice the impact and half the work yes <laughs> yes oh and i got coached by her to kind of go off a little bit i got coached yeah. by her which i've never even applied or raised my hand ever 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 and i've been associated with the life coach school for a few years but i i don't know i just didn't feel the need to have to be coached by her i i can't explain it but this day i get on the call again i told you i follow my intuition um yeah. Something said, raise your hand. Like as soon as the call started, I raised my hand. And when she got to the coaching, she's like, okay, let me start coaching. She goes, where's Gail? And I was like, what the hell? Like the first time I ever tried to be coached and she calls me first. So I get on there and she's asking me like, what is my, what am I reinventing? And I tell her about the 10 million. I said, but I want to be coached around my feeling that I need to speed it up because of my age. And so she asked me how old I was and you know, we started unpacking that and she's like, I love 10 million for you. And I like for you to take 10 years to get there. There is no rush. And we really unpacked, I could still have an amazing life on my way to the 10 million. And at 76, I could be making 10 million a year, right? That's that's some trippy stuff right there. It's, that's amazing. It's just, it's just trippy. I forgot what my original point was because I wanted to go back to it. What the hell? We're talking about uh, barbers. Oh yes. Oh this yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, So okay. So I believe in like doing the work of my future future self work. Like oh I, yeah. Tell me about that. I, I love future self work. Um, I do this with all my clients, and it's like okay, who do you want to be? let's say a year, in the next year, who do you want to be? And I literally draw my board. I have my whiteboard. I draw like a circle. Where are you now? And another circle, where are you in a year? That's your future self. And then I draw a bridge from one to the other and I call that the journey. Mm -hmm. And all of the work on the journey to the future self is all the stuff we're unpacking together. But we're starting today. so. How does your future self dress? 
How do they think? Who do they hang out with? Where do they go? So I go to my barber and um, his name is Dexter and I go in there and he's he like has created, he has a house, his, his business in, in a house. And he just decorated it and he paints pictures and he does all the things. And his chair is in a separate room with like antique furniture, like he's the bomb. And um, I said, Dexter, I'm doing this reinvention and this is my goal. And I wanna know from you, like what my $10 million self, like what my hair would be like. And so he's like, tell me a little more. He's a deep dude, I'm telling you. And so he's like, tell me a little more. And I said, okay, 10 million a year in my business. And he has some high end clients too. And he's he's like, yeah, like I look at your haircut and it's iconic, It's it's so you. I mean, most of my wealthy clients, they just like, because they have this wealthy vibe from the inside out. Mm. It's not like the haircut. It's like how well they take care of themselves. And he said, I can come up with some ideas for you and we can, you know, bounce them around. But what if this was your, your $10 million haircut? That's some deep shit, right? So very deep shit. Yeah. So I just was like, oh, that's good. Let me just like explore that. So after he cut my hair and he washes it and all the things. And when I was getting ready to leave, I go, are you still going to be doing your business in 10 years? Because he's probably 10 years younger than me, maybe. Um, And he said, yeah, I might be doing it from my penthouse. But yeah. And I said, and I said to him, I guess I'll be of flying you in on my private jet from wherever you are to cut my hair. And he said, I'm all in. That's living as your future self, honey. That's discussing, discussing the direction we're moving in, acting as if it's a done deal. I'm already a $10 million business owner. I love that. So I'm like over here, like literally bouncing in my chair because it is so important that you can have people in your life who you can have that conversation with and they take you dead serious. Oh, he's on it. Because they're in that mindset for themselves too, right? It's like there's a certain energetic trajectory that you're on when you're in this kind of work and when you're manifesting at this level and you need your barber to be a person that's on that trajectory too, because otherwise what's going to happen? That relationship is going to start holding you back. They're going to be staying where they are. You're going to be on your trajectory and just their energy and how they, you know, it's going to fall out of alignment. And so what I love right now, and then we're going to come back to you because I know you got something amazing to say, (laughs) but what is amazing right now is last year I chanted a bunch of stuff and I brought this group of people together Mm -hmm. and I don't even know why we all got brought together. But you know when you meet someone and it just feels like exclamation points in your heart, you're just like, I just, I love this person. Oh my God. Like you just like instantly like, oh, I feel like I've known you forever. I'm so comfortable. We're just like easy, right? It's like people that I felt that way about all throughout my life. And I got this call to bring them together. And I realized they're all healers in some kind of capacity. And so for a while they were working in my business together and then we really gelled and now we're just like this little collective and we do stuff together. We go on retreats and it's beautiful, but all of them 
are thinking that big, like the 30 million, the 50 million, the 100 million, the stages, the tours, the, you know, like speaking gigs, the like, they're just all in that energy in their mindset. And the thing that, um, you know, and then it's happening, right? One of these people just got half a million dollars invested for them to do their startup from all these venture mm -hmm. capitalists. Like, it's so mind blowing. It's so cool. And what is so incredible and amazing about that is I know when I get where I'm meant to be, they're going to be there with me. Oh, I feel that's, it. That's what you want. That's what yeah. you really want. Yeah. I, I, I was just going to go back to the whole dream team. I just want people to know that if you're intentional about creating your life, you get to choose who is part of your life. And that, and I do that with doctors. I do it with like any any service provider. If I don't like your vibe, I ain't working with you. I wouldn't care who you were. I would not care. So I do it like I just experienced stretch being stretched. Have you heard of that? They have these stretch labs. The one I go no, to. No, I need that. Look, I actually need stretch. that. I've got all this back yeah. stuff. Me too. That's a whole nother. Yes. Oh I've had God. back surgery and all the things. Oh my God. Um, so I need, uh, you know, your back is stiff, your neck hurts, your whatever. I have a yeah, lot I of do. pain. I, I just have to share this because I want everybody to know, find a stretch lab, stretch log, some kind of place to get stretched. Okay. But I just found this guy and I drive almost an hour to get to him. I drive almost an hour to get to my barber too. Yes. Worth and it. so I went and got stretched for the first time two weeks ago. And he told me that it's a way of releasing unhealed traumas and places in your body where you're energetically stuck. So I understand what that means, you know, intellectually, but he, he like, I would have me on all kinds of contortions, <laughs> like all kinds of stuff, right? I was so relaxed. I came home and that evening I went to bed at like 7.30 maybe. I slept all night, which is a feat for me. I got up once to go to the bathroom. I slept the whole next freaking day. And I'm not a sleeper. I, I did not get up till 5.30 p.m. the next day. Whoa. And then when I got up, my daughter brought me food. I didn't even eat or anything. I started having all these spiritual downloads about my business and all this. Yes. Yes. What? Yes. Oh, I'm so into this. I'm like, as soon as we get off the call, I'm Googling Stretch Lab. Yeah. So I went back to him this week and I was talking to him and he's of a similar mindset that I am. And we started talking about grounding and all the things that he does so he doesn't hold on to energy, the, the other people's energy that he's helping release their energy because, right. you know, it can be transferred and you don't want to hold on to it. He's on my dream team now. I told him, you you part of my dream team. I just hired a new acupuncturist. I love acupuncture. This lady is so amazing. All this stuff has happened like in the past couple, the barber I've had him for a long time, but the other yeah. people, I'm very intentional now about who's on my dream team and what I need to keep me healed and moving ahead and teaching 100%. people how to make a lot of freaking money. 100%. And 
I think the thing, like I want anybody who's listening, the, the thing I think for us to all remember, and I come back to this lesson a lot, is the higher level you are operating at, the more support you need and the more, the higher standard of support you need to hold for yourself energetically, right? And so it no longer becomes feasible to have that barber who you feel drained with and then you have to get off out of that appointment and then go be on client calls, right? You can't do that then and you can't do that when suddenly you have to hold space for 10,000 people on a stage, right? It's like you have to be constantly up-leveling and allowing the amount of support in your life. My very first life coach, do you know who Sylvia High is? Have you ever heard of Sylvia High? No. Oh my God. I think you would love her. You two have such a similar, she's got this most beautiful energy. Um, She was the very first life coach I ever met. I went to this program called uh, Momentum in New York. It's like a live three-day kind of event. Mm -hmm. And she walked on the stage. And the first thought I had when I saw her, I was like, oh, that's me. Mm. She's just like me. Mm. And I didn't, it didn't make any sense. But I was like, I was looking at her, but I felt like I was looking at myself. I like recognized myself in her. And one of the things she said on the weekend that literally drilled a hole into my brain is is she was coaching somebody about this whole, I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to, you know, don't want to trust anybody or, you know, don't want to outsource it, can't, you know, whatever. And she said, baby, if you can achieve your dreams all by yourself, you are not dreaming big enough. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. But all of us, most of us do that though. We think we can just do it ourselves, and we don't want to pay and all these things. And I found, again, your relationship with your money to, to, to bring it full circle. If you're not willing to pay to upgrade your own life and have that comfort with not grasping onto the money, people are not going to pay you. They're not. They are not. And this is this is the honest truth. I do not search for clients. I do not strategize for clients. I literally show up as me and whoever is drawn to my energy work. We work together if, if it's a mutual thing. I show up, I tell my truth and I go sit down somewhere. I tell people all the time, I don't even post that much. Last week I had three new clients start on the same day. What the hell? Like I, I just am showing up in my truth, and that's how you get clients. You do yeah. not have to look for them; they will find you. They will, literally. Most of the people now are saying to me, "I heard your voice, and I just knew I had to work with you." What? Yes, that is what? so wild. Because that is literally the exact way that I feel like my business up. I literally feel like I have a. Uh, spiritual PR team who's out tapping on people's shoulders, pointing them to this, getting them like the amount of, I I coached in a program called 2k for 2k Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm a, that I, yeah, 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 yeah. So I coached there and the amount of people who said, I have not been on a call in maybe a year and a half in 2k for 2k. But for some reason I woke up this morning and I was like, you have to be on the call. And then it was you on the screen. And I was just like, and, and now they're in my DMS and we're talking and they're like, I know I'm being led to you. It's like when your vibration is at a certain place and yeah. when you've done that work and here's the thing, here's the thing I want to say, right? Because I think a lot of times 
people, coaches who maybe aren't as artful around it, say the same thing you said, but they lose the context, right? They're like, well, you got to pay if you want to up level and you got to, you know, whatever. But the thing they're missing is you got to do the inner work around it. You can't take the action without changing the thought and be like, well, I'm just going to pay this person and then my life's going to change because I paid and now everybody else has to pay me. Then you're an entitlement, right? And I know that's not what you teach, but I just wanted to point out that nuance and that distinction of like, you really got to go in and do the work and shift it there and create an aligned model of thinking where you're excited to do the work, where you're honored and feel privileged that you are in a space, in a time, right? Because we're so lucky and privileged that we're in a time that this work is accessible, right? Because it used to be back in the day, right? You could either get a tape, a Tony Robbins tape. Right, which I did. (laughs) Right. Or read a book. Or if you were lucky and he was coming to town, you could go and that was it, right? Like there were a couple other people in the field, but now that we live in a world where there's the internet, where you have options of who you can work with, where you can really find someone who feels amazing aligned, we're so privileged to live in a time where this work is accessible because it wasn't accessible to my parents, right? And they're still not energetically open to it. But I just think like, oh my God, you know, if my parents would have gotten the support that they needed or even just wanted right what that would look like and then that you know we live in the western world and we have access to so many of these i mean it just yeah when you get into that energy of like holy shit i'm so lucky that i'm getting to receive this work that i'm giving this work like what a blessing like how much karma of all of the lifetimes that i've had to hold this shitty karma the fact that now i have this like incredible tools to start releasing it and healing it like yes i've been waiting 45 lifetimes for this like i don't know i just get so excited about it me too i literally and i mentioned earlier that i used to be afraid of dying and literally i went to a naturopath who gave me a homeopathic remedy that released it she didn't i like years later i told that's a whole nother that's oh my god <laughs> so good it's it's a good one but um i'm now i'm in a place where i'm like i'm not gonna live forever none of us do but yeah. i literally feel like the work i'm doing is my preparation for the next level wherever i'm going mm-hmm. and it's so like exciting to me that this is what i'm less to be able to do before I leave this physical form. And I don't say it like, literally, this is not any kind of negative. I don't like feel like I'm gonna die tomorrow or anything like that. I just feel like finally, my soul feels like complete or at peace. Like, I can't even tell you the level of peace I have. You could probably feel it. Like, yeah, I, I have, I, I do not worry about things. That's, that's kind of trippy. Like, literally, I just am like, I, I feel like I'm floating sometimes. I didn't, <sighs> I didn't even know it was possible. Like, yeah. who, who knew? I didn't even know it was possible. It's, oh. it's like so beautiful. And this is the other thing. On the surface, like nothing's changed. Like I live in the same house. You know, like I used to think, oh, I got to be married and I have this husband and all of these things. You know, we didn't even talk about my dating. 
Um, there's so oh much. my god. We're, I have to have you back on because the, clearly this needs a part two. Clearly we could talk for ages. Yeah, I know. Because you, you saw that I'm dating like a much younger dude. Yes. All the things. So my life is so different than the life I thought I was supposed to have to be happy. Because mm. we've all been told the things that we should have and do to be happy, right? My life is probably close to the opposite and it's freaking amazing oh, well and i think what allows you to tap into that and to access that because i believe that's true for everybody right we're like given this very little narrow template especially depending on you know your intersectionality in the world and how you're raised in the culture that you're raised in there's just certain mm -hmm. things that are expected of you right and in some ways i feel like <laughs> One of the kind of fun things about being a living and experiencing the world as a gay man is that like everybody just kind of like releases any expectations of you doing anything. Like they don't expect you to have a family. They don't expect you to get married. They don't. Right. It's like nobody really expects you to have any responsibility. <laughs> so if you want to do any of those things, it's yeah. great. But um, still, there's so many different things, you know, that are fed to us like. You know, even sometimes business size, like I don't necessarily know that I think anybody who wants to achieve a, a $10 million business can achieve it. Right. And if right. you feel that's what you're aligned to and you're called to do and and feels like it's your self-actualization process, then go do it. I think there are just as many people who are meant to make a cute, you know, $500,000 a year, oh. have a 100, you know, or have a one on one practice or whatever it is that that lights them up. Right. Even in terms of coaching, the, the possibilities are endless. And I think part of what each of us are here to do is to chart a new pathway in the world to whatever that self-actualization looks like and to tune out those outer voices. And this came through to me last night was like, I've just been shifting in the past kind of month. I've been totally just working with my intuition in my business and like mm. anything that's coming from my mind is like, yes. I'm just doing an experiment, right? Yes. And so I decided to run this masterclass like in the middle of the day yesterday called the supermodel, I right? It. I it's so good. It, yeah. It's so good. And, and, and I don't even fully know what it is, but I know it's about like, you know, I was in fashion for a long time and mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time around, you know, these super top tier models. I was on a very, I was on the best, uh, runway team right so mm -hmm. that's whole whole stories you know kim kardashian's bodyguard pushed me all kinds of stuff i got <laughs> stories but um i know it's about energetics and all this other stuff it literally i did one story and then i felt in my body it was like 55 people don't let more than 55 people in and i woke up this morning and there were already 51 registrants and i had wanted yeah. i had wanted so bad to keep selling because like when i get excited about something i can just go and I can like sell and I can write emails and I can da -da 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 -da, right when I'm in the zone. And literally spirit was like, nope, just go relax. It's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take care of it. And so I was like, no, but like I, you know, I haven't really run a masterclass or anything before. So I didn't know if people were going to show up or not. Right. And I had this today. I was like, oh, this mind blowing thing where it's like, you have to be willing to stop making sense if you want to make dollars totally. Totally. <laughs> and that's where my business is at right now where it's like it makes nothing i'm doing on my business right now right right now makes any sense at yeah. all i get but, it. 
it's making dollars. And I think that's the way of you talking about moving with your intuition. Yeah. It, I've definitely had those downloads. It's like, I had this download, teach this class called She Ready. I, I would never like call something She Ready. Like my my brain wouldn't, right? Yeah. And, and then Spirit said, because I had invested in this mastermind that was 15K and I had just quit my job and I was like, you have no business spending a little bit of money you have. So when I came back home, it was it was in Atlanta. And um, I said, like Spirit just said, make your money back. Like I always think, I'll just make my money back, right? So then I heard this voice, I don't know, my friend said, just tell people it's you. But it feels like it's coming from outside of me. Yes, I know That's that voice. That's why I say it's Spirit. But anyway, I heard this instruction create this course called She Ready and help people get ready to do what it is that they desire to do and stop being so afraid, right? And charge 10% of what you paid for your mastermind, which is $1,500, which, and it was for six months and it made no sense to me. Mm. And I was arguing with spirit and I wrote it on my board like, you know, $1,500, six months, and I would leave and come back. And my brain would say, that's not enough money. You need to charge more than that. But I couldn't, like, I couldn't go against divine instruction. And so I didn't even do a sales page. I just sent out like this little announcement. And within four days, like I had made the 15K back. So it's like, it doesn't have to make sense. And I enjoyed working with those ladies. And now, like I do, I'm doing, oh, I'm creating this container. Now it's called Abundant Woman, right? And people are like blowing their own damn minds, which is so fun. It's eight weeks intensive. But the next one is called the Abundant Woman Playground. And I have like created like this whole process that's on a whole nother level. So it's like tripping me out that I'm just honoring spirit. I'm just honoring spirit. I In November and December last year, I was sick. I had bronchitis and I was sick. I didn't get any new clients, nothing, right? Yeah. I sat with the discomfort of not making money mm. and didn't make it wrong. And in January, I made 50K in 10 days. You probably saw me post about that. Yeah, that was so fun. It's so fun watching you. Because I wasn't tripping about the money. Totally. And so all these things I do are spirit-led. Honest, like there is nothing that comes from my logical brain. Because sometimes I'm arguing with it. Like, I don't even want to do that. Yeah, no, me too. And it's so funny because like the thing that came through, so on my last psychedelic journey, this thing that came through, this message that kept coming through, because spirit, you know, I don't don't know if you've played with psychedelics at all, but in your channel, for me, my channel just opens and then it's like that, but it's like vivid and I'm seeing spirit and it's talking to me and it's surround sound, it's IMAX, it's like a four hour conversation, it's like very intense, right? Um, and it, one of the things that it taught me, the medicine taught me the spirit of the mushrooms is they were like, the blueprint is within you. And they just kept on saying that like the blueprint is within you. So when you feel a little stirring inside, that's your blueprint. 
listen to your blueprint because there's a blueprint for your million dollar business or 10 million or 100 million whatever it is you're meant to build that's yours to build and you have the blueprint so don't you know yes there are people who can help you build your blueprint but beware of thinking that you have to build something that looks like theirs, right? That your business has to have, you know, three programs and one's a lower program. And then you do weekly calls every week in that program and it's pre-recorded. And then you have a middle one, it's a mastermind. And then you have a, you know what I mean? Like whatever it is that you see or whoever you work with, just know that like the blueprint is within you. And it's just, when you listen to your intuition, you build your blueprint. This is so good because that's what I'm doing in the playground. They are going, I'm, working with them to create their own playbook for their transformation and their client's transformation. Okay. <sighs> that is so cool. Spirits. You said that it's like, everything you say is like confirmation. Like I'm looking at you thinking, how is it possible that our brain, like our experiences are different, but our brains are similar like the way we operate are very similar i shouldn't even say brain it's like we're tapped into spirit and, totally and i say we're drinking from the same fountain that's how i that's that's how i describe it it's like I, that's why i keep saying it's trippy it's like whoa yeah. here i'm literally i was feeling like am i like the weird coach like and that's probably why because you're trippy i'm yeah. trippy in a different way totally, totally. different way we're, we're but, different kinds of trips yes totally but trips nonetheless yeah yeah but it's like it you just like have confirmed for me that i'm so on the right path i already knew it but it's like you were confirmation i think because there's not a lot of people like us out there yeah. there are people out there obviously but totally. they haven't like shown up like they haven't shown up and showed out like we have decided to yeah they're like um, you know yeah ready to get their activations going yeah. and, and no, that, I, yeah that's what i'm doing with the people that are called to work with me now oh, that's so cool okay you hear that people abundant woman playground uh, yeah that sounds so juicy um what there was one thing I wanted to say. There was actually two things I wanted to say. There were three. One was about, oh, I call it drinking from the same fountain, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we are, I I believe that there is a paradigm shift that's happening in the coaching industry and that we are advancing and moving from a rational linear mind-based model of reality creation right because you can use the mind the mind is an incredible tool to create mm -hmm. in the material world and there's lots of ways that you can use your mind but i believe that something deeper is happening and some of us who have once you've kind of mastered the mind work and you're no longer a victim to your thoughts and and you feel like you can actually choose your thoughts right Right. Then there's this deeper place you access, which is your heart. Yes. And when you start creating from your heart, it is a whole different experience of life, of business. It's like I literally feel like there, my life is just covered in magic fairy dust 24-7. Me too. Because, you know, and there's like, 
you can look at it from the scientific perspective of the electromagnetic field of the heart is 60 times stronger than the mind. So for thinking about the quantum field, right, the, what it can manifest and the ways in which it can get into that quantum entanglement and pull things in is different. But I just think that as a species, like we're re-coming back into connection and relearning like what is the point of all of this thought work if not to experience what it's like to be deeply connected and oh. live a deeply connected heart-based life right um and so that's really how i use thought work now lately is i use it when i find myself not in my heart and mm. i'm not living my life from my heart i'm like oh what am i not feeling safe about yeah what what's the fear where's the judgment what's what's the thing that's happening up in my mind and then i line that and bloop all my energy goes back into my heart everything starts flowing beautifully again i can totally relate yeah so that's wild the other thing that i wanted to say about uh when you were talking about this being sort of like a like i love that i'm getting to do this in preparation for whatever's next mm -hmm. right is I had this crazy, again, on a psychedelic journey where I had this realization. They showed me, because sometimes they speak to me, the spirits or whatever, they just show me images and I know what they mean, right? You just like, if you, and people who are listening, if you get downloads, sometimes you get a download and it'll be like, it won't make any quote unquote sense, but you'll know what they're trying to communicate. Right. And it made me laugh and it made me cry. And it, I saw myself as have you ever do you garden at all or have you ever gardened no okay well have you ever seen a grub like when you're gardening sometimes you'll see little grubs they're yeah, like little no, larvae it, yeah it showed me a grub and then it pointed at me and it pointed at the grub and it was like this is you oh damn <laughs> and it's like you are right now on earth being a human mm -hmm. you are consciousness larva oh damn i love that though yeah. And so at first I was like so humbled because I think we do all the spiritual work and we're like deep and we're coaches and whatever. And they're like, you're a little larva. You're just like <laughs> consciousness larva. You're so cute. Oh, right. And so I just deeply had this knowing of like, and so then like, you know, I laughed. I was like, oh my God, I'm consciousness <laughs> larva. And then I started crying because I was so humbled. And I was like, oh my God. Right. It was beautiful. Um, but then I had this this other this little thing I saw. I think I saw it somewhere on social media that I wanted to share about that and about death because um, death has been really on my heart. My cat Magic passed away uh, recently, and I've been really called to share my grieving process online around that. Again, spirits orders. So I'm I like, okay, yeah. if I have to cry, <laughs> if I have to cry on camera, that's what I'll do. But it's been beautiful because it's just activating a lot of grief in the people who are following me and and. It's just, there's just a deeper connection, right? That's occurring and it feels like we're all healing a lot together. But anyways, um, it's the story of, of twins and they're in utero, right? Mm -hmm. And like one little embryo says to the other one, he goes, do you believe in mom? And the other one goes, what's mom? And they go, well, mom is, is everywhere. It's everything. It's. It's a part of us. We're a part of it. It's what makes you and me. It's it's where we come from, right? And there's, well, I don't know. I've never seen this mom thing. I don't. I don't think I really believe in mom, 
And the other twin goes, okay, well, do you believe in life after birth? And he goes, well, I don't know. This is all I've ever known. This is the only experience I've ever had. I don't, I don't think there's anything other than this. No, I don't think I do believe in life after birth. And it's basically just this beautiful allegory yeah. that like, it's very possible that this life that we are living is some kind of experience of being in utero and that death is actually the birth that we're going to experience, even though the same way that, you know, like right. a baby in utero has no idea. Right. Totally. I love that. It, it just kind of like brings a level of peace, like a feeling of peace, even thinking about that. Totally. I get excited. I know this sounds weird. I like wouldn't shout this from the rooftops, but like I get excited about dying sometimes. Not the actual process of going through yeah. death, although I believe that is a very sacred ritual and I will hire an amazing support team if I have the the experience of having a slow death or like knowing that my death is coming. Oh, I have all the shamans, all the death doulas. I will it'll be I'm going to die in a beautiful way. Um or be birthed into the next dimension, right? I, I love that idea, though, birthed into the next dimension. Because I, yeah. I really do believe that's what it is. Totally. And I I, I feel that, right? Yeah. Like, I just feels so true in my body. Um, but I have no idea what I was going to say. But basically, I just want that to be a really beautiful, sacred experience. And... Like, I'm really excited to find out what's what's on the other side of that birth, right? What's in that other dimension? And to get to experience that is going to be really fun and probably trippy. So Well, definitely it's going to be trippy, I'm sure. And yeah. I, I, I've experienced the death of several people close to me. And um, yeah. I wish that we talked about it more. Yeah. Um, like when my mom was dying, we we talked a lot and she was like seeing relatives on the other side and yeah, like her wow. sisters, she had seven sisters and some of her sisters that most of them died before her, but she was like, they were, they were like waiting for her, like preparing her. Wow. She, we had conversations about that and she told me that she was tired, that she was ready. It was really beautiful. Like she said, she my mom my mom was paralyzed the last nine years of her life. Um, she oh, had a wow. spinal cord injury, very sharp mind, but her body was just failing. And um, one day she told me she said, "I'm I'm tired. I'm just tired." And I looked at her and I said, "That's fine. If you're if you're ready to go, that's fine." And she looked at me. She said, "Really?" And I said, "Yeah, it's fine." And it was like a peace came over her, and. Um, she just was like, okay. She was she was afraid to leave me because she, I had gotten divorced and she was afraid I couldn't take care of myself. And I was like, I'll be fine. She's probably cheering for me right now. Oh, yeah. Um, she's probably sending you class. She's probably your number one referral source. She's oh, like tapping other people's yes. spirit guides and like, hey, you got to yes. get them to work with Gail. Right. Yes. So it, for sure. I wish we were, I wish in our society that there was more healthy conversation around it. I yeah. think that would make a big difference in, in most of our experience with losing, you know, loved ones and, and our next step, whatever it is on the journey. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah. But 
we could we could go deep and we could probably talk for who knows how long <laughs> we could i'm just gonna have to have you back on so uh, you know we'll wrap things up here shortly but i i am curious does she does she communicate with you anyway in any way or she you know what she shows up well this is i got so many trippy stories to tell i love she, them she shows up when i speak so many things I say are like out of my mother's mouth. Like, wow. And then the other trippy thing is my brother died, I think, I'm not sure exactly how many, like eight years after my mom, my brother had terminal brain cancer. He was my youngest brother, died on the same date that my mother died. Whoa. And at the funeral, I'm not making this up. At, we say my mother's still here. So at the funeral, the family was sitting like to the right, all together in the front. And the church had these hanging pendant kind of lights. Only in the section above our family, they were swinging, like swinging, swinging, swinging. And we're there like, my mother's name was Mary. And we were like, oh, Mary's in the house. Even my friends that were sitting in the back afterwards said, did you see those lights swinging over you guys? My mother, my mother was there. So let me, story number two. Yes. My grandson is almost, he'll be three in October. Well, my mom was born in October. My daughter was due um, in November. He, he'll be three. My daughter was due in November and she got preeclampsia and her blood pressure went high and she had to be hospitalized. They said, we're going to have to induce you early, five weeks early. So the day before she gave birth to my grand, she was in the hospital like four days or something. The, her doctor came in and talked to us and she said, unfortunately, I'm not gonna be here tomorrow. I really think that you're gonna have the baby tomorrow, but I'm not gonna be here because it's my birthday. And I go, your birthday is your, your birthday's tomorrow? Well, tomorrow was my mother's birthday too. October the 11th. The doctor's birthday is October 11th. My mother's birthday is October 11th, and my grandson's birthday is October 11th. So my daughter jokes and says, he's Nana reincarnated. So my mother, I, lives, yeah. my mother lives with me because my daughter and my grandson live with me. So we <sighs> see evidence of her in our lives every day, and he's so much like her. It's freaking wild. So she's around. She was there to bring usher my brother in she was here ushering my grandson in. How, that's no coincidence that the doctor and my mother and my grandson have the same damn birthday well okay you know what's really crazy <clears throat> is that i my magic number and if you've been following me for any time everybody knows that my magic number is 111 and that is like when when i am on the right path i just start seeing that number everywhere and when i'm not i won't see it for days i've been seeing that a lot yeah and so 10 October is the 10th month, right? Yes. So 10, 11, I always just take out the zeros whenever I see a sequence, right? It's one, one, one. And so as soon as you said that, I was like, that's a one, one, one number, which is all about intuition and trusting your gut. And so that when I hear one, 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 it's confirmation for me of whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm at, whatever actions I'm taking. It's like, Hey, you're in alignment. Keep going. Oftentimes I'm having a thought or I'm thinking about doing something and then this just happened to me yesterday. And then I looked at the applesauce I was eating because I was trying to find an expiration date. 
but instead of the expiration date, I saw how much potassium it had, and it was 111 milligrams, and I was like, oh, oh my god, okay. And so it's just the way that spirit speaks to me, and yeah. it's just so funny that spirit is also speaking to you through that date. So cool. powerful. And I say stuff comes out my mouth that used to, my mother used to say. Like, it's so funny. Like, I tell people I kick your ass with love. Like, <laughs> My mother was the most loving person, but she talked trash. She pushed <laughs> you out. She partied. She was like so fun. And it was like she'd kick your ass and then hug you. Like <laughs> she she'd set you straight and then love up on you. Because that's where I think I get the honest not think. My mother was very transparent, very honest. Um, yeah, she and then she used to say to us. You're mad. You're mad. Well, you better scratch your ass and get glad. And I always <laughs> think of that. Like she's in my head, like all the time. I just—it's amazing. And I sometimes I literally think, how can I ha let her speak through me? Mm. Because she she's so powerful in so many ways. And I I think a lot of times like. Her name last keys though. I, I'd be like, okay, Mary Keys, can you speak through me today? Or literally, before I teach something, I'll sit and say a little prayer. And look, nobody told me to do this stuff. Spirit just is speaking through me, and I just do the thing. I don't like. I just want everybody to know, mentors are great, and like you were saying, but we have to create from our own soul. We have to trust ourselves that the things that we're drawn to and the advice that we get that doesn't really resonate with us, that we don't try to force it on ourselves. And I had to, to learn that too, you know? Yeah, I pay mentors, but I, sometimes I get into little disagreements with them because I'm like, I'm just not doing that. I don't agree with that. That's yeah. not how I see things. And the minute we're, we have that courage to do it in our life and our business the best shows up like just honor who you are and what you're drawn to and who you're drawn to and the work you're drawn to do and stop overthinking like i want everybody to stop freaking overthinking yes being up in the mind can just be an endless loop there's always going to be thoughts there's always going to be whatever right you could stay, you spend your whole life trying to scrub and sterilize and purify. And, and it's like, or you could just drop down into your heart and live from there. And it's like, suddenly the impact that that's having on you is like significantly less. Oh, so, I used to have what I call the drill sergeant on my shoulder. He used to be barking orders at literally, I pictured a drill sergeant, a man with a camo on uh -huh. and a, of those like metal hats yeah a little like beret yeah, thing like, yeah. yeah and yelling at me you should do this and you shouldn't do that you're so stupid you should have done that this and like literally that was my brain wow now my he's he's nowhere to be found anymore like he's on vacation I, he, <laughs> he, he needed one he's exploded into the universe he's gone yeah and and that like pieces on my shoulder I cannot even tell you. I do not have any of that anymore. None of it. What is so powerful, just when I hear you speak, especially about peace 
and releasing that should is there's a level of presence that you get access to when you find that peace that I also think is so powerful because when you find the peace, when your mind stops being this turbulent, you should, you should, you shouldn't, you're a piece of shit. Why didn't you do it this way? Why can't you be like that? Right. Which is always just most of the time, right. It's like being a dolphin trying to swim, uh, climb up a tree. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like when you can't do something, when it's not working out, when it's like, a lot of times either there's something you need to go in and heal right and we can have compassion for that but you get to a certain place in your journey where you're like that's just not how i'm supposed to do things right right? and when you can acknowledge and honor yourself in that you get this peace and then your intuition comes online because there's that quiet that you can begin to hear and feel those internal nudges and you begin to move with spirit in a way that just takes you for the craziest ride that's where i am that's where i am and it's it's a beautiful thing Mm. beautiful it's a transformation many years in the making yeah we didn't even talk about so many things like i I know you're coming back on yeah i was a health coach for many years so i don't want people to think that this is my first business either I've owned franchises. I was a health coach. I've been a personal trainer. I've done a lot of things and failed, like air quotes failed, because I really weren't, none of them were failures. But all of them were necessary for me to get where I am today. 100. And what's so cool about where we're at in our journey, and, and it keeps happening even more and more and more for me, is you start to understand why. Yes. You start looking back on your life and I'm like, you're like, I get it. All that shit that's like, didn't make sense. Or I don't know why I had to go through that. Or I don't know why that sucks so hard or whatever. It's, it's, you're like, I get it. Totally. And that brings a sense of peace too, for me. Like it all makes sense. It all, it had to happen. And because you can bring that into the now. Right. Because then when something crazy is going down in your in your current reality, you're like, oh, I wonder what this is preparing me for. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I was very recently called to uh, go in a direction with my life and my business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it hasn't fully fledged or come through. So I'm not going to say too much about it on the podcast. But it's basically like I'm just going to honor whatever's true for me right now and act mm-hmm. as is of like, this is what I think I know. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I might be resting my business this winter mm-hmm. and that is so scary. And so mm-hmm. like, it's powerful, but it's also not exactly. It's also yeah. like, Oh my God. Well, if I'm being asked to slow down, then in what ways am I actually probably being sped up? If I'm being asked to redirect and leave this current timeline, cause there's a trajectory and there's a timeline and there's a very linear way that things could go for me. And that's cute. That looks good. Like the way things look three years from now, if I stay on how things are rolling as they're rolling, it's like, that's cutesy bootsy mama. I'm ready for that. But I'm like, if I'm being asked to switch onto another timeline and I'm being guided by my intuition and my higher self, then like who cares about whatever money I'm leaving on the table there? What am I being led towards? That's what I'm interested in and what I'm fascinated by. Right. Yes. The, the, the thing that scares you the most is 
the thing that will take you so far. Oh, it's so true. And I have actually been fighting with this mm. because I've been, it's been coming up and like, that's the one thing. My friend actually asked me this question. She, she was like, around your business, she does a lot of inner voice sessions, Jen Navarro, for anybody who's wondering. She goes, for the longest time, she just talked about on my podcast about how she left her fiance, mm. right? So she had a fiance and they were going to get married and she was setting the date with him and all this stuff. And then one day she woke up and she realized she was in love with a woman. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And she'd never been in a relationship with a woman before. You know, obviously there's lots of stuff there. But she always said, whenever I'd go into my inner voice sessions, the thing that I was always the most afraid of hearing was you're not supposed to be with Mike. You're not supposed mm -hmm. to be with him. Mm -hmm. Even before she had met this woman, right? She was just, that was always the thing that she just wasn't open to hearing. Mm -hmm. And so she asked me, because I was hitting all this resistance in my business a couple months ago, and she's like, what's the thing that you just would not be open to hearing from your inner voice around your business? And I'm like, I would be terrified if it told me to close shop for a while. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, well, just know that. Just know that, you know, if you're not feeling led and you're not seeing a pathway and things aren't feeling clear and you don't know where to go and there's this one message that you're closed off and you're not willing to hear or listen to, just notice that, right? right? And then over time, you know, like I got coached and I shifted some stuff in my mind, right? Got back in my heart. And then it was like, it was so clear. And then everything started aligning and falling back into place. And it was just like, phew, my business took off and the energy shifted. And suddenly I was being energized and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. So it's wild. And I've been running into people who are having visions as they're talking to me. And multiple people have said, you have to hire a PR team. Mm. Like, don't invest in any more coaching containers. Don't da-da-da-da. Your next investment needs to be in the best PR team that you can afford. Whenever you're ready, you'll know. Two different people on the same day gave me that exact same message, have no connection to each other. Wow. So I'm like, okay, this is not probably going to look how I thought it was, right? right? Yeah. Like, PR is a whole different ballgame, but... But it's it shouldn't wild. look like it's never going to look like you think it is anyway. Of course, we and can't even imagine what's in store. We think we can, but we really don't know. We don't know. And that's the limitation when you're only creating from the mind is that then you have to get into the how and the strategy and it all has to make sense and it all has to line up and there's no room for magic. There's no room to be swept off your feet or to be surprised. Gail's holding up her little magic wand. Yes, because I'm all about the magic. Yeah, and I believe, this is just my personal belief system, is that when you get super hooked on a how, and you get super attached to it unfolding in this one certain timeline and it has to go like this. And if it's not happening like this, and if it's the third day of my launch and this hasn't happened, and da, 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 then everything's gone wrong, right? What you do is you actually limit your consent, right? You, you mm -hmm. take away consent from the universe to give it to you however it's going to do it. And so okay. when you're like, no, it has to happen this one very specific way then it can only happen that way and the universe will try and help you. But if you can let it use its infinite creativity and not be limited by your rational mind for how it's going to happen, it right. suddenly happens and starts happening the most magical ways. I met my first ever client, ever coaching client, who 
we've worked on and off for years now and they are just it's just been insane to watch them and their progress in life on the subway because they were arguing in new york city they were arguing with the gate agent and they were like no 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 i like promised that i do have an unlimited card i just left my wallet at home and i really need to get to work and blah 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 blah." and they're just like and you know it's like if you're a gay agent and you're working in New York City subway, you're like right. half conscious at all times. You're like not even there, right? <laughs> yeah. So she was just like glazed over looking at him like, I don't care. Not even responding. You know what I mean? He's like mm-hmm. begging. And so I like went and I was like, hey, let me swipe you in. And so I swiped him in and we both went. And then I just got this little nudge to like ask this person about their dreams. And I was like, what mm-hmm. dreams do you have about your life? And so we started talking and my client was, my now client was telling me about, you know, just all of these dreams, creating an artist railroad network where people from different cultures could come and da, 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 da. Mind you, this person's 24 years old, right? Young. Mm-hmm. And I was young too. I was 26 at the time. And they ended up becoming my first client just because I listened to that nudge of like, hey, swipe that person in, mm-hmm. right? Meanwhile, I'm thinking, well, you got to be on social media or you got to do it this way or whatever. So... It's so magical when you open yourself up to magic and you open yourself up to not knowing and you allow yourself to co-create and be an active participant in the dance with life. Oh, what a beautiful tango it becomes. A surprising, gorgeous, magical tango. It's enchanting. And I feel very blessed to be doing this work and to be at this point in time and in my life right now. It's such a blessing. I feel honored. Yeah, I do too. It's like whew, wild, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see where we both are in 10 years. I, I know. That's going to be amazing. Wild. Big things. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's make it one step easier for the people. Tell them where they can find you, because I already know that there are people who are who are already signed up in their minds in the Abundant Woman Playground. Um, everything on social media, Gail Keys Allen, G-A-I-L-K-E-Y-E-S-A-L-L-E-N. My Instagram, my website, my Facebook, those are all the places. And uh, oh, and I'm doing um, three free trainings this month. So um, make sure, just get on my email list and you'll get, you don't even have to sign up specifically for the trainings. I'm sending Zoom information to everybody on the list. So I love on it. On the list, you'll get the training. And the first one is on how to make money being you. And that's what Thursday. The, well, I don't know when this Thursday? is coming out, but. Well, yeah. I can post it. I'll just post it. On, I'll post it on Wednesday. And then okay. whoever's meant to come there on okay. Thursday will yeah. be there. It's yeah. the next three Thursdays. Uh, I saw that actually. And I was like. You said fun, something like that. Because yeah. one of put some respect on your money. Oh my gosh. I yeah. wanted to talk to you about that on the, yeah. we don't have time to, right. to talk about that, but I love when you go on um, Gail's account, you have this series of like, put some respect on your money and it's just right. so fun and it's so you and it's so just playful. It's just, right. I and love it. Other, the other one is make money without a job. That's the one that I did the most Oh, the, the, oh the, yeah, there's a whole series. How many of there's like 18 or 19? 20 some. 23, there's, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, there was a lot yeah, of them. That was fun. Yeah. 
make yeah. money without a job, part one, part two. But... So there are some social media sagas that you all can get yourself into. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I just love you. I, I know. I, know. I just and... feel so honored that you wanted to have this conversation with me because I've been watching you for a long time and it feels like a dream. Like, oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Of course, of I course. Feel, I feel very blessed to be in in the world with you. Totally, and I'm just looking forward to us. I know it's coming. I can feel it. We're gonna be in the same space at the same time soon. Like, oh, that's happening. I can feel it. Definitely. I can feel it. So <laughs> you and I have a pending lunch date totally. when that happens. Totally. And um, for those of you who are in my world. I have a masterclass that I am doing. It's actually filled up, which is crazy. It's like one day I put out one story about it and I don't even know how people found me, but that's not my job to know. I just move with spirit and listen and get nudges. Um, But I guess I still want to talk about it here. It's like about supermodel. That was the name that came to me is just supermodel and it's, I think part of it is about supermodel energetics, like the energy, how you can feel a supermodel's presence and energy. And I worked in fashion for a long time and there are so many beautiful, stunning, incredible, talented models. But the, the thing that separates, you know, your run of the mill model or even successful model from being a supermodel is like, there's some kind of energy they walk on set. And literally when you're in their presence, you feel it. There's something different about it. So I think that there's going to be channel material about that coming through. And then I also believe that we are stepping into a model of reality or when you get to higher or more elevated levels of consciousness that the way the model for creating results changes Mm -hmm. in your life. And that there's some material through that that's coming. And so it's really fun because I I decided we're all going to co-create and co-channel the material in this mastermind. It's not just going to be me teaching. It's like, come and let's all open our channels and see what comes through. So that's going to be co-creative and and fascinating. And then really what I've been jamming on and, and really exploring so much in my own life and business is how do you market and sell and do consults with and serve highly intuitive people and highly conscious people. If those are the people that you feel called to serve, because what we're taught is all in the realm of the rational mind. It's all psychology, it's all logic, it's all rational, it's all in the thought line, right? And working with thoughts. And I, that's not how those people work. Right. Those people feel something, they're moved, they're, when they sense strong pushing energy, they immediately recoil. There's a totally different essence and aura and being. And I think so many of us uh, who are both intuitive and also serve those people and help people with their spiritual gifts or help people in a spiritual way, um, we're pushing people away only because we don't have the right tools. And so I know that there's a lot of material about that that's coming in too. That's been very clear. And it it started coming through last night and I was like, oh, so... um, Needless to say, that is closed, but I just want you to let you, let you all know that stay tuned to my stories because I don't know if another one of these things is coming through or what's going to happen or why I'm feeling called to tell you about it right now. Um, but there's 
always information coming through and you can access the information within yourself too. You have that channel and the blueprint is also within you. So know that, stay tuned. I'm so glad to have you here with me as I meet amazing new friends that feel like old friends and we just get to play and be who we are together in the world. Yay. Yay. All right, I will see all of you soon. Bye-bye.